Welcome to Build Your Thing, the podcast where we help content creators find their unique creative voice, monetize their work, and build their tribe of loyal fans. I'm your host, Matt Jero, and today I have a very interesting episode with a very interesting guest, and I'm going to talk about that in just a few. But for the time being, if you're a content creator, then here's a painful truth. It doesn't matter how good your content is, it doesn't matter how much value do you bring to the table if nobody is engaging with it. So given the fact that we spend at least five to six hours a day on average on our mobile phones, finding a way to engage with our audience there makes a lot of sense. So personally, I'm using an app called Learnistic to host and deliver my online courses that help content creators turn their ideas into an income. And today I have a special guest, Troy Broussard, who's going to join me on this episode. So Troy is a former nuclear engineer, best-selling author, coach, consultant, and the co-founder of Learnistic. So on this episode, we are not only going to talk about how to boost your customer engagements with a mobile app and with Learnistic, but we are also going to talk about how to find your unique creative voice and actually being able to amplify it, how to find and discover your niche and a lot of tips that will actually help you just level up your content creation game. So I can't wait to share this with you. So with that being said, let's dive deep into it. Okay, great. So here I'm with Troy Bussar. Troy, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, man. It's uh, good to be here, Matt. So uh, for those who don't know you, could you introduce yourself quickly? Sure. Uh, well, <laughs> I have been around this game for about 15 years or so, and uh, I am a software developer background. I run multiple SaaS companies, but also an author, speaker, and coach. And so kind of have my feet in a lot of different fires. Uh, also run a monthly book of the month uh, in online mastery, business mastery. So I have a monthly book subscription there. So I do a lot of writing, a lot of speaking, a lot of coaching, and a lot of software as a service platform creation. That is me in a nutshell. This is really interesting. And, and Troy, I know like you've been a, a military in the past. And could you tell us a little bit more about how you actually went from the military to just being a businessman. Yeah, you know, I grew up in a small town and like anybody trapped in a small town, you look to get out of town as soon as you can. <laughs> and so <laughs> I went overseas uh, internationally as an exchange student in high school and, and got a taste for travel a little bit and loved it. And so I went into the military and I ended up uh, picking up a ROTC scholarship for uh, college in the military and um, we did that for a little while. Then we ended up parting ways and I never actually completed my uh, college degree or any of that kind of left on early terms with the military and found myself starting from scratch on ground zero and got into programming. Right. And uh, over the years, I advanced up through uh, several different corporations doing programming, did a lot of online development with Encyclopedia Britannica and their publishing department and their publishing technology group. And then progressed to the point of getting fired, <laughs> which was the best <laughs> thing that could have ever happened to me to get fired out of corporate life because I was making really good money back then in my 20s. And 
you know, a, a, a very nice six figure salary in my 20s, which, you know, that was kind of unheard of. And so I would have been probably fat, dumb and happy for years if they didn't fire me. So it was a good thing, you know, and that forced me to kind of tape it, take a step back and get into entrepreneurialism. And when I decided that I was going to start things all over, I figured that this time I would do it on my terms. I wasn't going to work for anybody. I was going to start my own ventures. And I took some time off and moved back down to Brazil for a little while. And then I started up into uh, construction and land development with my brothers and did that for a few years until the economy collapsed in 2008. And when that did, and I was back to deja vu, starting up all over again, <laughs> yet again, um, I decided that this time I'm going to make it, you know, online and I'm going to do my life in a way that I can control it and I can, you know, be that, uh, create a business that actually supports my lifestyle instead of having a business that constrains my lifestyle. And so that's what I did. Very interesting. And tell us a little bit more. So, um, um, there was like the, 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 the 2008 crisis and then like, how did you like started to pick a niche and, and all this kind of stuff? Like, how did you get started? Yeah, well, you know, I was, I lost everything in 2008, millions. And I mean, I had my own plane and second home and all of this stuff. I lost all of that. And uh, soon thereafter was divorced as well and living on about 500 bucks a month. And that was it. And uh, down in Brazil and uh, to be close to my family, to my kids, but I was on my own and and starting all over. And I, I realized that if I'm going to do this online, I've got to start with some of the skills that I have. And I think this is important for anybody that's getting started is you've got to do a skills assessment. You've got to say, what am I good at? You know, what can I uh, use my uh, from from my kind of core knowledge and competency to build a business around. And for me, it was writing. And so what I did back then uh, in those years, SEO was in its infancy and very, very popular. And people were hiring out content writers like crazy to write out SEO content. And I was a former piano player. I played piano for 12 years and I typed over a hundred words a minute. And so having a lot of background and experience being a good writer and touch typist, I was able to create a solid income for myself just as a writer. And then I started, you know, looking at how do I scale that? Okay, well, me writing, I can only write so many articles a day, I can only make so much on that. But what if I brought somebody else in? And so I started growing and I went from just me and one other person to a small team of writers and an editor and myself to then bringing in a partner in the business. And then within 18 months, we scaled that business from, you know, just myself to 110 people on staff writing and, uh, and providing SEO link building services. And it turned into a multi-million dollar business, uh, in 18 months from zero. So I think that, you know, the lesson in this is you can move quickly and you can scale quickly, but you have to 
hit every step on the run, right? Like you can't jump up the ladder. You can move up the ladder really quickly, but you got to hit every step and you got to go through every experience. And I went through the process of writing to editing, to hiring a team, to building a team, to outsourcing it. And I hit every step on that ladder. I just moved up them pretty quickly as we scaled up in our business. This is very interesting. And, and, and Troy, I, I think that a lot of people struggle when it comes to actually identify um, like the, the skills or the thing that at least you want, you can become good at. So do you have any yeah. resources or any things that you could share to, because I know like even in your, in your trainings and in your contents, you, you talk a lot about know thyself, know thyself, right? So yeah. is there like something that you could share with us? Like maybe an assessment that you've liked or a book or like, like any kind of, of tip that you could share with the audience to just um, like start on the right foot. Well, I think it really does come back to knowing yourself. And you, as you've heard me say a million times, I tell people all the time, know thyself. You have to understand what you're good at and what you absolutely suck at. You got to be able to admit that. And if you're going to be really successful, you have to stop trying to become better at all the things you're not great at and instead really hone the things that you're really good at. And I think this is a big mistake that a lot of people have is that they they keep defining themselves by what they're not and what they're missing instead of what they already have and and so I really would encourage people to look within don't say oh I could probably learn how to become a video editor don't do that look at something that you already do and and like and enjoy and then move it forward so for example you know I I had these natural skills I, because of piano study for forever. I typed very quickly. So I was very efficient as a typer. I had a lot of life experience. So writing articles off the top of my head for SEO content where the article content didn't have to be super high quality. They just needed a lot of content and fast. That was a, a natural fit for me, right? And so... I think you go through these phases of make enough to get by, then start to turn it into something that you can scale. But I'll tell you, I, there's a lot of mistakes that you can make along the way that I made all of. And that is, you know, looking at something based on the earning potential. Don't do that. Don't look at what somebody else is doing and say, oh, they're making so much more money. I should go try that. I think that's the biggest mistake yeah. that entrepreneurs make. You've got to look within. Okay. And I can't give you just a simple answer for that, but I can tell you that this is my philosophy. And I now have expanded into creating an entire publishing company that we teach people how to become an author in 30 days because of this exact metaphor. So the metaphor is, I want you to imagine that you are a block of marble, okay? You're a square block of marble. And inside you, you have these core skills and strengths. And your goal is to chip away and create the sculpture that's already within you, to reveal 
that strength that's already inside you and not to try to think that you've got to bolt something on in order to be better or in order to be successful, I have to do this or I have to do that. If you come at it from that mindset of, I already have the skills within me, I just need to hone them and refine them and find them and reveal them, then you're going to be very successful. But when you start looking to outward sources and saying, oh, I need to do this, right? I'm missing that or I'm not not good enough because of this, it's really not going to work out very well because you're going to be constantly chasing your tail. And what I have learned over the years is to look within and not look outside and trust the fact that I have a set of skills and just focus on refining and chiseling away and making them even more honed and, and perfected over time. And that's what I would encourage people to do. I like that. That's uh, very, very, like, it, it's all about asking the right questions, right? Instead of asking yourself, well, where, where can I make the most money? Like asking, your, uh, asking yourself, well, what are the things that I already enjoy doing and that, that, that I can, can become better? So, yeah. Yeah. Like and, and you have to have competence, but you also have to have a burning desire. And I mean, burning desire where, you know, if you weren't getting paid, you would do it anyway. I write because it's part of who I am. I coach because it's part of who I am. I am somebody that gives advice and helps people and likes to short circuit the learning curve for people. It's, it's who I am. And I would do that even if I wasn't getting paid for it. And I think that is something that has to be in an alignment with yourself when you're trying to find your own mastery, when you're trying to find that area where you can become a master at, it has to be something that you're going to do, even if you're not making money, because there's going to be times, especially in the beginning, where it is going to be a struggle. And if you don't have that just burning desire and passion to say, this is who I am, it has to be that identity, right? It's not somebody who writes. You have to be a writer. And, and one is just a task. The other is an identity. This makes, to be honest, a lot, a lot of sense. Thank you very much for sharing that, Troy. And fast forward a little bit. So you had this competence in SEO, were quite successful, and then you moved on into selling online coaching and online courses, right? Well, I started creating, I actually did a, an audio on this today about my very first online course. And it's because I'm uh, teaching online courses right now in a, in a, a program that I just released. And so I was going back and, and reminiscing about the very first online course that I did. And it was for SEO. But interestingly enough, I really was doing it not so much as to be a uh, income producing course is I was doing it to save my time with the professional services uh, clients that I was having. I would onboard a client for SEO and I would have to go through the same stuff over and over and over and over. And it was just monotonous and tedious. And I said, you know what, I need to turn this into a training. And that was kind of my first light bulb moment with online courses. It started out for one goal entirely different than what it ended up being. And I ended up selling a lot of it as an online course, but it started out more as a way of just streamlining my, my own onboarding and my professional services uh, firm at the time. So now comes the interesting story. Um, and I know that um, after like being a consistent customer and also following some of your trainings, 
is that the idea of actually creating a mobile app just emerged um, by a technical glitch. So you have been selling an online course for developers um, for helping them to actually um, level up their copywriting. And just tell us what, what happened, actually. Yeah. So, you know, I had done quite a bit of courses by this point and I was had multiple membership sites and a bunch of stuff going on. And I was in a hurry to create a product. And this is the way I work. I, I put pressure on myself to get stuff done quickly. So I had actually sold the course already and it was supposed to be released on Monday. And I had a long weekend to get the course done. I spent all week selling it. So it was kind of like this. I had a launch going from Monday to Thursday. And then I was releasing the training on Monday, the following Monday. And I had a Friday, Saturday, Sunday long weekend to get it all created. And I said, okay, no problem. And plenty of time, three days, we'll get it knocked out. Well, then a couple of things happened and we had some guests show up that were from uh, Brazil that just showed up on our doorstep without announcing that they were coming or anything on Friday. And so now the, one of my three days is just totally gone, right? I had no intention of having guests, but you can't turn people away <laughs> when they're at your door. <laughs> so now, you know, I lost a third of my time. And then we had something come up with the family. It wasn't a, a emergency emergency but it was kind of a crisis that came up the next day and i lost the second day and now i'm sitting there kind of flipping out because i wake up sunday and i realize that i only have that day to complete this entire training on copywriting and i called it the contrarian copywriting course because i'm a technologist teaching about copywriting. So it's kind of an oxymoron. <laughs> and that was, and that was the purpose. The, the purpose of the course was to make the people feel comfortable that I had a methodology for how I did my writing that even as a technologist works really well, and you don't have to be a copywriter to be a copywriter. And so that's what the, the whole course was about. But I realized on Sunday morning, like, man, I, I don't have time to get this thing done. And so up until that point, I was very perfectionist mindset and I would go through a great deal of effort to create all kinds of slide decks and do everything as like keynote presentations and record it all in ScreenFlow and a whole bunch of editing. And it was a very cumbersome creation process for me. And now all of a sudden, I just didn't have that option. I only had a day to get it done. And so... I had to take a different approach. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do it as an audio only course. And that's what I ended up doing. And I did the entire training in audio. I think it was like 13 or 15 different sessions, uh, recordings. And the whole thing I did in a half a day and got it up and published and into the app or into my uh, website and was ready to go. And it was really interesting because over the course of the next week to two weeks, what I realized is I was getting all of this additional engagement. And I was like, wow, is this just because it's an audio? That's kind of crazy. You know, I thought at first mistakenly that it was just because it was audio format and not video that somehow that was making a big difference. But I was seeing just this big uptake in engagement and I was getting more comments, more feedback, more emails on this small course that was kind of rushed out. And I had sold probably only 
10 or 15% as much as one of my bigger courses. And yet I was getting two or three times more engagement. So, I mean, just a, a big difference. And I, I couldn't figure out what was going on. And I, I finally about, I was about two weeks later, I found out from one of my coaching clients, they let me know. They're like, Hey, did you, it was really cool that you released that without any restrictions and, and uh, made it so much easier. I was able to download the MP3s and put them on my iPhone and just listen to it while I was out walking. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, <laughs> yeah, you didn't lock down the security on it. I'm like, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. And so long story short, it was kind of an embarrassing thing because here I am, the technologist, and I had neglected to set the security permissions properly on my membership. And for that course, people were able to just download the MP3s. And normally I'd, I wouldn't allow that. I would have them, they would have to watch it with inside the, the course and with inside the membership site, right, which was on the computer. Well, when I started to discover that's what was going on, I started querying and asking people and coaching clients and reached out to a bunch of the people that had bought it, uh, that were engaging and asked them, you know, how they were using it. And lo and behold, that's what they were doing. They were downloading the MP3s and putting them on their phone and listening to it while they're out on their phone. And that's when it dawned on me and it just like hit me like a brick um, that I needed to Whatever I did, I needed to find a way to get everything I did in training and courses and audios and videos inside of a mobile phone. And that's that's where I started on this whole venture of creating Learnistic, which is my software platform. It's a mobile phone platform that allows you to quickly and easily publish your courses and content online without having to pay for app development and hire a developer and all of this stuff. And it just took me down this whole path, right, where I first started out with just trying cheesy stuff, just uploading MP3s through iTunes and stuff. But then I realized all kinds of restrictions and I couldn't tell which stuff I had completed or there was no way of checking it off. There was no way of resuming where I left off. And all of these things made it really, really cumbersome. So I realized that I needed some type of an app. And so I started looking at contracting that out and having one built for me. And when I told them what I needed to do, the quotes were just astronomical because, see, I'm a, a marketing automation specialist. I'm a best-selling author of Infusionsoft Mastery, and I've been uh, a specialist in automation for many years. And so when I looked at an app platform, I'm like, I want to be able to have it integrated with my email platform. So if I apply a tag inside of Infusionsoft, I want that content to just show up on the phone. And so I had this innovation of how I wanted to create it. And there was nothing in the world that did it. And so I started to, you know, think that, okay, well, maybe I just need to contract this out and have it built. Well, the quotes came back and they were just astronomical, right? They started at like $50,000 and went up to about $300,000. And even the person that quoted me 300000 they still dismissed a lot of my requirements. They were not going to have live API integration with the CRMs like Infusionsoft and ActiveCampaign and the others that we support. They weren't going to do any of that stuff. And so... I just said, well, you know what? I'm going to have to build it myself, Matt. And and that's, you know, what what founded the whole um, 
multiple companies now that have launched on the back of that from Membrant was the first company that uh, now is a retired company. We're not doing that anymore. We're doing everything through Learnistic, but that company was around for about four or five years where we were doing custom apps for people. And now we've moved it into our own platform inside of Learnistic where people can uh, just, you know, save themselves the expense of getting their own app and do it through our platform and still brand it as theirs. And, uh, yeah, it, it sent me off on a whole rabbit hole of development. And you know what? At about $1.8 million later, I'm a hell of a lot further down the rabbit hole than if I had just written the check for three hundred grand back in the day. <laughs> but I'm glad I did. This is this is very interesting. I, I, I just want to jump back a little bit because um, um, there is also like a pattern that I've recognized with, my, uh, with myself. Like when I was actually, um, when I'm buying a course and I always have to log into a, uh, uh, you know, to the web, web portal and be online. Um, I just see that I'm not I'm not consuming the content as much as if um, compared to other courses where I was just able to like get the 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 video or the MP3 on my on my phone. And the thing is that um, also another thing that I've learned from from your um, from your business partner Ben Settle is that you just like if you really want to actually understand and actually own the information that you're that you're buying um when buying an online course you just have to go through it multiple times right and 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 like adding all, all these hurdles of um having to be online and then just you know bookmarking this the website and then just logging in and finding the lessons and all all, all this stuff like just adds more friction right yeah, just and, yeah, it just adds friction. And, you know, that's I, my favorite book is the one thing. And, and I reduce everything I do down to a single word. So for me, our mobile app platform, Learnistic, the word for me is frictionless. And everything we do, it's about how do we remove friction? So, you know, for example, with it, we did it as a native app. It's not one of these cheesy little website apps. This is a full native app that's supported in the Apple Store and the Google Store. And there's a reason for that. Because if you want to be able to download content and consume it offline, you want to be able to, you know, listen to that course while you're at the on the treadmill at the gym where the Wi-Fi is, signal is crappy, or if you want to take it with you on a long hike in the mountains where you don't get reception, you need to have a native app to be able to download and, and consume that content offline. So that was a must have, right? And we went deep down that path, but it was all about removing friction. And so the other beautiful part of it being an app is that you only log in once you know, even if you update the app and a new version comes out, it still preserves your session and keeps you logged in. So that was another big reason. And we also use the phone number as your identity as opposed to an email address. Now, we still collect the email address and it's part of the registration, but the primary account identifier is the phone number. And, you know, sometimes people get a little uptight over that, but we don't do any marketing through the phone number. And we tell you that right on the registration. There's no marketing through it. We're using it only for account purposes. But think of it like this. And I I did a lot of consulting for seven, eight, and even nine-figure companies in marketing automation for about a dozen years. And I can tell you that the single biggest friction point with memberships is people forgetting their passwords or not getting access or needing to find their emails or having multiple email addresses, etc. Well, when you use the phone number on the app, 
you you get rid of that. You get rid of 85% of your support desk tickets because now people just have access into their app. And after they're set up once, now let's say they buy a course from you three months later and they purchase it and they get the email that they bought it. They tap on one link and it immediately opens up the app and takes them straight into the course that they just bought via a feature we call deep linking. So it just everything about it is frictionless, right? Even the passwords, even the passwords are frictionless. You only have a four digit numeric pin number. That's it. I mean, think about it. If we can get by with an a four digit pin number for your Amex card or your MasterCard or your Visa card, why the hell do we need 14 digit crypto passing mixed case, all this crap that just causes support and nightmares and drama. So we rely on the fact that because it's on a mobile app, your phone is already secure. You already use your face ID or your thumbprint or your password to unlock your phone. So there's always there's already one level of security in front of you. And then when you're in the app, you log in still, but you just log in with a simple four digit passcode. And beautiful part is you don't have to keep logging in. Once you're logged in on the app, you're always there. And so just everything about it is about removing friction so that we can, you know, make the process easier for our clients and our clients' customers, right, to consume the content. And, you know, when you think about it, the the iPhone or Android phone, doesn't matter which, the mobile phone is with you within three feet at all times every single day, no matter where you are. Most of the people even sleep with the phone within about three feet of their head and they've got an alarm clock on it. And so where else would you want to be if you're in business? Where else would you want your content to be consumed than in the palm of somebody's hands that they take with them everywhere they go, which is their phone? And and so that's what we do. Everything about it is a mobile first consumption model. Makes a lot of sense. And like you have been talking about making things frictionless. And there is another cool feature that I really like um, in Learnistic. And it's actually the in-app purchases. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So an in-app purchase is just the ability to make a purchase inside of the application itself on your phone. And let's just, I'm just going to talk about Apple, but the same thing works with Google. Uh, they just have their own store and their own IDs and such. But on the Apple iPhone, for example, you know, you see a course that you want to buy inside the app, you just tap on it and it says, you know, you're about to be charged $12.99. Do you agree? And you just double tap and look at it and it scans your face, gets approval, and it instantly bills your credit card on file with Apple. And that's it. They immediately get access. It is the most ideal instant gratification solution ever invented. You don't have to whip out the credit card. You don't have to key in the digits. You don't have to even have the credit card handy. All you have to do is either put your thumbprint or your face print or your ID in there, and it immediately unlocks the content for you. Interesting. So could you give us a little bit, uh, some example, let's say, as a course creator, um, you could actually just start selling your course uh, um, in the like with, within the app, right? So you don't even need um, like let's assume that so you don't even need let's say an, 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 uh, a checkout process and like uh, like putting all the, all this stuff up. So you could actually just uh, have the app and then just 
um, throw in a bunch of small courses, and then just start uh, making money, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and this is just such a powerful thing. Um, you know, people overcomplicate the hell out of stuff. And this is one of the reasons why entrepreneurs and content creators, uh, any type of creator in general, writers, authors, speakers, influencers, they just overcomplicate the living hell out of everything because they feel like they've got to be good at all these different things. Well, with our app, you don't have to do any of that. You don't even need a website. You can literally just publish your content right in the app. Hell, you can record an audio while on your phone and publish it into a course without ever even getting on your computer, doing it all through the phone itself. You can notice a typo in, uh, you know, one of the menu items in your co- on your screen on the, on the phone and just go into edit mode and edit it and fix it right on your phone without even having to go to the computer. Now, some things you have to go to the computer for, but we are c- continually expanding the experience on the phone itself because more and more, that's where people are. That's where they want to be. Yeah. Right. So it's it's all about making that experience easier. And in-app purchases would allow a creator just getting started to need nothing else but their phone to be able to sell a phone and an email list. Right. You know, grab our Berserker Mail email platform and connect it into our Learnistic app platform and you're good to go. You really don't need anything else because you could do all of your merchant processing inside of in-app purchases if you want right inside the phone. Now, you're going to pay a little bit of fees for that. Apple has um, a 15 percent fee that they uh, charge us and then we have a 5 percent fee for the maintenance over the top. So you'll pay 20 percent. But Compare that to the alternatives. Everybody out there is telling people to blog like crazy and then ask for donations or, you know, donate to their uh, on their website or donate on their YouTube channel or all. And it's just it's it's low class begging for money. And there, there's no need for that. You know, you can put it on your own platform and sell it through the Apple store immediately. And then over time, as you start to j- ramp up your income, then you can start selling more expensive stuff from your own website and use the app and the in-app purchases just to kind of trigger people to buy the small stuff and then sell the bigger stuff where you've got bigger profit on the back end through your email list. This is interesting. Um, And like just to clarify a little bit um, some things here, um, uh, Learnistic is actually a container app, right? So can you explain us a little bit the difference between having, let's say, an app uh, on your name on the App Store and actually using a container app. Yeah, no, that's a very important distinction. So first of all, it's a, a native app, and we talked about that. If you use just these little cheesy web apps and a lot of websites you go to, oh, we can create an app for $49 a month or something. Trust me, you're getting a cheesy little web app, okay? And it's not going to be able to download. It's not going to be able to integrate with your CRMs. It's not going to be able to do all the things that, that we can do on the platform. It just can't happen. So container apps are most of the apps on the on the app store are container apps. OK, uh, for example, Instagram or Facebook. Let's talk about Facebook. If you go to Facebook, you don't get your own app. It's not Troy's app. It doesn't show up on the phone as Troy's app. No, they download Facebook. But then inside of Facebook, you have a group. And that's your area where you invite people in and you kind of control the content in the group. 
but you're operating within the container of Facebook. Now, Learnistic is very similar, but it's much, much, much more skewed towards an entrepreneur because what we do is the only part of the entire experience that isn't your, yours and your brand and controlled by you is just the icon on the phone. They tap the icon that says Learnistic, but because they're registered with you as your lead, it takes them straight into your designed app. So it has your branding, your colors, your menu items, your content, everything within the container of the Learnistic app. So the beauty of this is that there's no getting approved through Apple, through the App Store. That's a very cumbersome process, by the way. It takes about 60 days uh, to go through. You have to have a Duns and Bad Street number. So if you don't have an established business and have never established a Duns number, you've got to go through all of that validation and verification. You have to have your website approved and you have to have all of the legal documents on your site and all of these things. Plus, you have to pay a $99 a year fee to Apple and then, you know, a whole bunch of other steps that you have to go through, right? Well, we take care of all of that for you. And so you can literally sign up for the app, get some content uploaded, you know, get it turned on. When we when you first get the app, it's not published yet in the sense that you don't want to invite people into it until you've got it kind of cleaned up. And we make sure we do a little review with you and make sure that you've got all the things you're going to need to make it have a great experience for your users. And then you turn it on and you can start using it immediately. You can have an in-app purchase that same day if you're a go-getter and upload your course and, and get it all set up in a day, you can absolutely do that. Whereas if you were going to go out and get your own app done, that would be months before you could do that and tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in development, right? And the other thing that people don't realize about an app is that an app is constantly being updated, right? You can't go out and get an app created for you and think that it's done. Because if you ever do that, you're going to find out really quick the very next time that a new phone comes out or a new operating system for the phone comes out that you're going to have to go back and update that app in order to be compliant. And that is where kind of the devil is in the details. So the beauty of a container app is that you leverage Learnistics developer account and our app that's already published and all you do is publish your content and you're immediately ready to go but because we are catering to entrepreneurs we let you put all of your own branding uh, all of your own color palettes upload and design your own icons and everything so that it really feels to, as your app to your customers it doesn't feel like a learnistic branded app and in fact other than the the name learnistic on the login you won't even see our name mentioned anywhere on your app once you get your setup and published. This is this is very very interesting, and of course, like um, I'm hosting like my courses also on Learnistic. So um, yeah, like it's uh, I really like it, and I like the the, the thing that I'm really a fan of is really like the the offline mode because I think that it's actually the it's not the future; it's actually the 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 present. Right, we are living in. In a in a world where everything works on the phone, so if if uh, if someone on the um, uh, someone of the audience wants to know more about Learnistic, where should they go? 
Just go to Learnistic.com and you'll be able to sign up for a free test drive that does not even require a credit card. So uh, we're very low key about it. And you sign up for the test drive, you'll be able to uh, set up and play with your own app, upload a few videos. We don't, it's not unlimited until you set up and pay for your account. But on the free account, you can upload like 10 videos and create a little mini course and check it all out and play with it on your own phone. You won't be able to share it out to other people yet or publish it yet, but you'll be able to preview it and pull it up on your own phone and play with it and get it ready to go and experience everything that there is uh, before you actually commit to it. So yeah, that's the best way to get Learnistic. If you want to be in touch with me and find out about Learnistic and Berserker Mail and all of my other uh, programs, including my 30-day book program and my book of the month mastery program and all the stuff that I've talked about, just go to TroyBroussard.com and opt in there and I can keep you in touch with everything I do because there's a lot going on there. That's TroyBroussard.com. My last name is B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D. So Troy, B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com. Perfect. We're going to link to that in the show notes. And anything else you want to mention, Troy? No, you know what? I would just encourage you to please, if you got nothing else out of this, I would just encourage you to realize that the sculpture is already within you. You don't need anything more. You don't need additive. You don't need to learn something. You don't need to be better or be smarter or have more experience. What you have within you is already sufficient to make a six-figure income or more online if you just learn to hone and refine and strip away all the things that you shouldn't do and focus on what is that core essence and that core gift that you have. I really hope that that resonates with people because I believe that too many people feel like they're not enough. They need something else in order to be effective. And that's just absolutely BS. And it's it's proliferated by people that just want to sell you stuff. You're not enough. You need to buy this. You're not enough. You need to go do this. You're not enough. Buy our course and we'll teach you how to be enough. I don't, I don't believe that. I believe that you are enough. You just need to learn the areas that are your specialty to focus on and create a business that is constrained by you instead of you being constrained by your business. Love it. Thank you very much, Troy. Thank you. I appreciate having me on. All right, so I hope that you've enjoyed this episode with Troy Brossard. It was definitely one of my favorite episodes until now on the podcast. And if you are actually a content creator who is looking for turning his ideas into an income, be sure to check out my free training that I'm actually hosting on Learnistic. So it will also give you a nice overview on how Learnistic actually works. I'm going to leave all the links in the description. So it's Jaro, M-A-T-T-G-I-A-R-O.com forward slash 4p. So that's number 4 and the letter P. And if you're into podcasts, which you probably are after actually listening to this, uh, don't hesitate to actually subscribe to the show. Simply head over to your favorite podcast platform and simply look for the show name, which is Build Your Thing, and subscribe there. So thank you very much for tuning in. I'm your host, Matt Giaro, and I hope to see you quickly inside the training and also in the next episodes.